Hello, and welcome to the Extension Experience podcast with your hosts, Josh Bouchong, Trent Malachik, and Dana Zook. Here you'll find insights into Oklahoma agriculture from West Area Specialists employed by Oklahoma State University Extension. Their perspectives come from assisting county educators and producers in the areas of agronomy, animal science, and economics. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to the Extension Experience podcast. This is part two of our two-part silage production series. I'm Trent Malachik. And I'm Dana Zook. So in our previous episode, we talked about you know, the really the beginning of silage, how to use it, maybe why it would be effective for cow-calf producers, smaller feedlot producers, that sort of thing. We talked about harvest, the really interesting parts of fermentation or pickling, Renato has talked to us about. And so we want to use this final episode to talk about feed out um, and um, things that we can do to manage and preserve the silage as long as we can while we've got it open, while we've got the bunker open. So let's just start at the beginning. We're going to open this bunker. We want, what do we want to do as far as how much we want to take off at a time, you know, um, face management, that sort of thing, Renato. Uh, yeah, just uh, a little parenthesis on these that I just thought about. It's also during storage, you know, it's, it's always important just to monitor everything, check for plastic integrity, if there are any holes to patch or anything that, you know, requires some attention, animals that are oh, yeah. <laughs> walking around mm-hmm. or critters. Yes. You know, it's always important. You got that stuff that's invested, you know, you grow the crop and harvest and you have so much on that bunker or pile. So it's it's really important just to protect you know the best way possible. Mm-hmm. No, keep make sure the coyotes stay off and not get holes in the silage bag that sort of thing. So that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Take your duct tape with you, right? I think for new producers, it's important that this is a very perishable commodity. Like you think we think about hay, it might last in the hay bale for years outside. You know, obviously losing some of it, but not the way that when you let oxygen back into that into that pile, how it can ruin so much of that and, and what you've worked so hard to accomplish. I just I just think about as an economist, all the dollar uh-huh. signs that we put into, <laughs> into making this and then please take care of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it depends on, you know, some operations, I think the haymaker would be a, easier than silage. Mm-hmm. You got more moisture, you got the fermentation, it's a little more perishable. Uh, the you know the hay the think of how round bales it's sometimes just that outside you know it doesn't seem much if it's not too thick but it's still it's a pretty good area mm-hmm. that you know we always have to pay attention to but uh but with silage it's uh, I, I still think it's a fairly simple concept and process not that it's is really easy mm-hmm. but they're just you know all these different steps and details that once you you know you pay attention and you can manage well you end up with a really good product uh like i I was reading that sometimes you don't you don't have to worry about making silage every year conditions like here especially with the cow calf and remind me some uh some of my colleagues that are in australia and they make silage and they leave that stuff there for years sometimes i've really covered up yeah, it's just it, to... everything nice and stable, okay. covered up and treated and all that stuff. And suddenly they got hit with this drought This mm-hmm. that's horrible for I don't know how long. And then they opened the silos. 
they needed it. Yeah. Then I, I, I hear stuff for like three, five years. I was like, oh, yeah, we had some stuff there for five years. I was like, oh, my goodness. Wow. If you've and got some still... plastic that will maintain quality, I would think, you yeah. know. Yeah. Once everything is well done, it's nicely covered and sealed and the fermentation went well, then it's, it's, it's going to be there for a good while. Interesting. Hmm. So... Um, that goes to show, I mean, it doesn't have to be used right away as long as you've done it right. Um, managing that bag or the top of the silage pile, I'm sure that they had to make some fixes over time. You know, if you were going to keep it three to five years, you'd probably have to patch some plastic. You might have a hailstorm or something, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, we're ready to feed this to our cows or calves. Uh, um, obviously we would have some adaptation period. So, um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what would you encourage producers if they were just starting, they hadn't had cattle on silage, any cattle, I mean, it would take, a, you know, some time to adapt them um, to this new silage um, ingredient, right? Yes. I think uh, just like a step up mm -hmm. process, just to go easy on the animals and they start just getting that different type of feed and digesting well, not just, you know, do like a sudden change Absolutely. from one to the other. <laughs> like do a little, like a step, like a weekly, I don't know, 25, yeah. 50, 75%. Mm -hmm. But most of these, especially corn side is so palatable, digestible. So I don't think it would be any issues. It's more like that sudden, you know, change from one to another. And uh, even even with, uh, with the dairy folks, when you change from the old silage to the new one, or corn silage, you have to think about that. You just go, you know, in different steps because the old silage is already so seasoned and everything is so digestible, especially the starch. It's kind of like rocket fuel. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's what they call, you know, the fall slump. Then they go to one that's not as digestible. Okay. And with those dairy guys, they see on the milk tank like okay. the next day. Not as much production right away. Yeah, just yeah. because it's a different feed with a different digestibility. Okay, that's that's really good. I mean, we talk about adaptation. I, I did my master's degree in adaptation research, so I'm always harping on that. Um, any adaptation is better than nothing, right? And mm -hmm. so adapting them um, from maybe, maybe they're on just a dry hay basic diet and you switch over to add some silage back in, it's really important to adapt them. Yeah, I I think about that today. I uh, yeah. I had a bunch of cattle on some old crabgrass hay that was pretty poor quality, and oh, no. and they got a brand new wheat hay bale that I just uh, and they loved it. I'm sure they did. They mm -hmm. probably all be like look like bowling balls <laughs> when you go there. I'm sure their stomachs hurt a little oh, bit. Oh, I bet so. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, so as we you know feed out that silage. Um, there's really, there's something very important about maintaining the silage face. And even when you have a bag, um, when you open it to maintain that flat silage face. So can you talk about face management and that sort of thing, Renato? Yeah, just one thing that I forgot and I can just get back to the previous question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, when you're doing this type of, you know, change between the silage or different feed stuff, then you can also use some type of uh, direct-fed microbial or just okay. some probiotic. Oh, and it's okay. something that we'll just keep, even like with, uh, we have some products with, you know, work really well with stressed animals. Okay. They're like coming from somewhere and traveling or mm -hmm. some, they're just stressed and just keeps that, you know, gut a little more like, you know, more uh, consistent, healthier. So it, you don't have all those ups and downs. Okay, all right. 
may not have to give him Pepto afterward. <laughs> yeah, or or the you know probiotics are just like yeah we see for you know for us on yeah, yeah. Whole greens or you know yeah target. absolutely yeah that's a new thing I think in all animal industries I know in pigs and and the poultry industry they're using some of those types of things for improved health and that sort of thing so yeah yeah, yeah I, I even I, I use myself when I have to work in Mexico that you know you never know what you're gonna have for <laughs> lunch or dinner yeah. oh, so it's, it's 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 being valuable for me yes <laughs> so okay so let's talk about the face let's talk about face management so as far as you know the big silage producers big feedlots they are specific on how much they take off a day and that silage face is very um well kept it's very tidy um hopefully to maintain that quality so talk a little bit about face management yeah some people they do like a really really nice job that i've seen but it's still it's not something that i see everywhere mm -hmm. when like you know when i think of the dairy folks for example there's still like a lot of challenge to do you try to maintain that feed out face you know smooth and just straight and tidy it's just because then you keep that oxygen from just penetrating the silage face you have less of a surface area and I, I still see a lot of people struggling with the you know with the real estate so they mm -hmm. say oh I don't have much of a space and I have to make this one big pile and sometimes it has too large of a feed out face so we still see all these different challenges but uh, I've seen more and more people using a rake mm -hmm. just to uh, help with the feed out okay. so it makes everything really nice clean and uh, also you can just like manage and do kind of like a backwards like angle so with the loader bucket with or the with, bucket, a, with, with a the with the rake. rake okay with the rake yep so yeah. it would be a rake on the loader so everybody yeah. or something like that yeah it's just a you know a much like a longer arm so it's also safer mm -hmm. and you can just not avoid those type of uh of a uh, of a hangout yeah. collapse overhang yeah. overhang overhang overhangs yeah, yeah. overhang yes so overhang. so then with the rake you can also avoid the overhangs and not being you know likely to see avalanches or any type of acid accidents mm -hmm. yes so what about i always think i see a lot of silage in bags that's really hard to maintain that feed out face when you have that ag bag and i mean it seems like it to me it seems like it would be harder than a bunker pile um have you seen that in your travels um yeah i've seen especially more on the on the northeast they have you know smaller properties and everything and i think it gets to it, it goes down to the person that it's doing the feed out so i've seen people doing like a really 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 good job Mm -hmm. And with the bag silos, it's just you have lower losses compared to a bunker or a pile. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more contained. But I, I can see that if you don't, if you're not careful, it might become a disaster as well. Yeah. You know, if it's like facing the wrong side or if you got water that infiltrates, mm -hmm. if it's not on like a, a paved surface, if it's on dirt. Mm -hmm. and sometimes you mix that stuff with snow oh. it's just a nightmare yeah but a lot of these things you know it comes down to the person that's working with mm -hmm. and it's it's the same when we think of packing the silo 
So a lot of I heard this uh, question. Oh, what uh, what type of a chopper or pa packing tractor was? I don't remember exactly the question, but it was about our weight. And in the end of the day, I was like, well, what's really really important? It's the skills of your driver. Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. how you build that ramp and how you pack everything. Mm -hmm. So whenever we take off, so say we're we're feeding our cows today, um, we know what we need but we've had extra you know we don't need as much we don't need to put as much in the mixer truck as we pulled off the pile we pile that to the side and that's an issue because that st could start to heat you know it's that whole chunk you know that you haven't used today that you're leaving for tomorrow is all exposed to oxygen and so the nutritive value is going to be effect could be affected mm -hmm. over time um less efficiency and that sort of thing um so that's what we're trying to say is minimize, I mean, hone in on the exact amount you need on a daily basis. Um, and that goes back to how big does your pile need to be, right? Yes, uh, 100%. You, you try to remove just what is necessary to feed that day. Whatever is left or you push on the side, you just have something that at some point will become too heat. And you might see some molding, some other microbe activity that you don't want. I would try to remove at least like a six inch of the entire face. Every day? Yeah, at least. Okay. Now, if it's poorly packed, if uh, you have some heating or feed out issues, then I'll try to, you know, design something that it's more like a nine, even 12 inches. Mm -hmm. And this is important when you think about, okay, how big my pile would be you know if you have a bunker then it's and you got the walls everything then it is what it is mm -hmm. but with the pile and there are even like spreadsheets available online mm -hmm. and you just think okay i'm gonna need this many tons every day and i'm gonna slice six or nine inches and then it's easy just to figure out you know the volume mm -hmm. and you try to make as high as your equipment can reach so not just stabbing or digging at mm -hmm. a certain height, and then you create that overhang. Okay. This this reminds me of the previous episode. You talked about the loaf of bread. You're literally slicing pieces of bread every day oh, for your cattle, and you got to think about how much you're you're needing to feed. And maybe that's a good thing that you could answer: is how do I know cubic foot? I'm guessing is would be one way to do mm -hmm. it. How much does a silage weigh? How much do I need to feed? How do I get to that point? It's hard. It's a lot of geometry and it's based on density, right? Mm -hmm. You hope you have yes. really dense. Yes. Yes. The, not that everybody gets that, but you try to be around like 45 pounds per cubic feet mm -hmm. as it is. Okay. So, you know, I've seen like a lot less, especially if you start with the ensiling and the forage is drier. So it's going to be a little more, you know, challenging to get to that density. That, you know, the example that you, you mentioned, the loaf of bread, it's, it, it's, it's, it's also easy to think on oxygen penetrating the face. Mm -hmm. So you try to win that race that the oxygen can penetrate as, as much as like three, four feet inside. And it's just just a little. It doesn't it doesn't have to be like air all over the place, but it's mm -hmm. just, just like a little bit of that oxygen that will allow the microbial activity. Mm -hmm. So you try just to remove a slice and another slice mm -hmm. and just keeping that feed out face, you know, fresh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I, know, I know I've asked, I've had people ask me, how big does my pile need to be? How long does it need to be? How tall? Based on how much they, how much they needed to feed out. And usually they come with the right, right information. Like this is the amount of many tons. This is how many tons I will produce. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's what they will have and how, and can you help me figure that out? And so I think Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin has a calculator. I think the one I use is from University of Wisconsin. Uh, I would say so, Potentially. Yes. And, and Lalleman, actually, don't you have a calculator? We also have well? a calculation. Oh, a calculator. Yeah. Um, we, we have like a lot of uh, educational tools on our website. We have some handbooks, a lot of stuff that's available, even a website that's non-commercial. So it's, it, it's, it's important not just, you know, be on the commercial side, trying to sell and, and keep the company alive. Yeah. But we want to make sure that the producer will do the best, the best job and learn. And, you know, I, le- I learn every day too. So, uh, and try to do like a better job every, every time, every mm-hmm. year. So that leads me to talk a little bit about, you have some really good safety materials on your website. So let's just touch on silage safety. Do you kind of have some, um, good things to tell us about silage safety and and what we should think about because I grew up working in feedlots and that sort of thing and I was never talked to about silage safety and I'm pretty sure I took a sample from the face of a really tall silage pile and that's very dangerous. It is. Mm-hmm. I was never <laughs> told because it it takes once. That, yes. That's the whole thing. And uh, I grew up on the farm too. And especially when they're young, we think, "Oh, I'm not gonna die. It's not gonna happen to me," mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and I, I I cheated death like a couple of times with uh, you know falling on a manure pit. That mm-hmm. was that was something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have to. My my dad was packing silo and tractor flipped over with him. I had to pull him underneath the tractor so you know it's once it happens and you think oh oh that's oh, you cannot do anything about it mm-hmm. and uh we, you know i mentioned about trying not to create an overhang and the uh, avalanche fall from the height those are like the most common type of accidents mm-hmm. when we think of you know piles bunkers talk a little more on uh tower silos then we have to be a little more concerned about silo gas. So okay. that's just because it's such a confined mm-hmm. environment. It's something we've been very vocal about, the silo safety. And one thing that people that had this type of accident and survived, they say, you know, everything looked so well managed and I didn't see an overhang or anything, but it's sometimes you know, they pack the fresh forage on the old silage and it's not mm-hmm. really cohesive. There are all these different situations that there's like, there was like a little hole in the plastic and they got moisture and also start to break in that integrity of the silage. If you cannot have the uh, employees and everyone safe, then nothing else matters. And I think, as I said, you know, the, one of the biggest problems is complacency. Mm-hmm. It's just that we do that every day and there are dangerous, I think it's like a number six most dangerous job. I, I saw a statistics mm-hmm. not very long ago. N- number one, two, we have all those type of uh, activities that you see shows on discovery channels, like mm-hmm. fishermen and okay. working with the logs and you yeah. know things like mm-hmm. that. But farming is number six. Yes. You got animals, you got moving parts, machines. It, mm-hmm. It's so much going on. And you do that every day. Oh, I know how it is. I got it. I got it. 
always like you know stop and think and be careful just be aware of everything that's around you yeah so no playing in the silage pit you know don't you don't want your kids down there you don't want to take a sample from the face of a pile um you want to take it out of the loader you know after they've pulled it off um just you want to stay away from the face of the pile even if it's not extremely high it's important that you don't get the collapse mm-hmm. um it's just like grain safety i think of it like that too um so just a lot of things and you have a, a wealth of resources on that um on the website and um we've had you know some really good meetings while you were here and so i really appreciate you coming providing all this just great information i think i've learned a lot i hope our participants or our our listeners have as well um do you have any final words or anything final words oh my goodness (laughs) i was just like into the whole conversation the pleasure is all mine here on this side of the table so uh I guess any, I think any type of, uh, any question or any, any, any information, any help that I, you know, I could provide, you can always reach, you know, Brent or Dana and we have our website with all these different resources. Mm -hmm. It's lalamanimalnutrition.com and the non-commercial one, it's non-commercial that doesn't even say, you know, products, Mm -hmm. it's Mm qualitysilage.com. So then we have a bunch of different resources and also how to reach us if you need anything. Okay. And thank you. We'll include some of that in the show notes. Yeah. So people don't have to try to decipher exactly what we've talked about. Yeah. We have a good list of resources there. Absolutely. With that, we thank you for listening. Thank you, Renato, for coming and being with us today. And I hope everybody's maybe in the process of putting up silage, putting up wheat silage, triticale silage, and and putting it up the right way. Do your best. Maybe use an inoculant Mm. this year. Think about that. Um, And with that, we'll catch you next time. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you would like to hear more or follow up on the discussed topics, please reach out to your local county extension agent. OSU has a presence in all 77 counties with educators eager to assist you. Also, please consider checking the description for links to our social media pages and further information pertinent to the conversation. Thanks again and we'll talk to you soon.